This week's parsha is Parshas Vayigash. I had a aura this week, an insight, which seems uh, to be just a nuance in a, uh, a lotion in two psukim, but I think there's a lot of significance, perhaps, when we contrast the two lashonos, the two um, uses of words that are different, even though they seem to really be saying the exact same thing. There's a pasuk in Parshas Miketz that says, Vayamais ish al This is talking about when the brothers were accused of stealing a goblet from the house of Paray, and the, uh, they were told everybody should take down their bags from their caravans, from their animals, and unload them, show them, you know, what's inside. And everyone did that, and of course, no one had it except for Binyamin. And everybody was all upset. The brothers were obviously very confused. They didn't know what was going on. It was, uh, they were being framed. But... They were told, okay, everybody else, you can start reloading your, your animals now and uh, putting all of your burdens and your luggage and your suitcase back on top of the animals. And the Lashon of the Pasuk there is, Vayamais Ishal Chamayre, that each one loaded or reloaded their donkey using a Lashon of Ha'amasa. Ha'amasa means to uh, be burdened. And so they reloaded it, but they reloaded it in a way that was burdensome. Let's contrast that with a Lushan in this week's parsha. After Yosef revealed himself to the brothers, after this whole event that was unfolding, one parsha after another, from the Mechiras Yosef to the uh, Yosef becoming a king and finally Yosef revealing himself to his brothers after a lot of strife and conflict and questions the Pasuk says that Paroi found out that Yosef's brothers were here and that they were being sent up to get Yaakov Avinu and then to possibly come back down Paroi tells Yosef to tell the brothers to tell his brothers Tanu esbiyurchem. Tanu is also a lashon to load up. Tanu esbiyurchem, load up all of the wheat that you want and take it up to Mitzrayim, which was a chiddush because no one was really allowed to take any wheat out of Mitzrayim that was strictly forbidden during the times uh, that they lived in because of the famine, etc. Everyone had to come back and eat it there. But he says, Tanu esbiyurchem, I'm going to make an exception, load up your, your, your wheat on top of your animals. And I just noticed that there is a, this con- contrast in Lashonis between, in Parshas Mikes, where it's also load up your animals, but there we use a Lashon of Hamasa, like a burden, like a schlep. Here we're using Lashon of Tanu. Tanu is also to load, but it's a load that's not a schlep. What's interesting is that there's only two places in Chumash that these words, Tanu and Hamasa, appear, and that's these two times. What's the difference between these two Lashinas? 
So there's a mitzvah to Ina. If you look in Sefer Devarim, and it's a sugya in Elam Metzias and Bab Metzias, and Af Lamed Beis, the Gemara speaks about the mitzvah of Te'ina. What is Te'ina? Te'ina is if you see your friend's donkey that basically collapsed by the weight of its uh, cargo, there's a mitzvah of Hakim Takim Imai, that you're supposed to go and help pick up the donkey and then reload the donkey. That's the mitzvah of Te'ina. But the mitzvah there is Imai, talking, talking, Imai, you have to do it together with the owner. Meaning that if, let's say, the owner says, you know what, I'm going to just, uh, you know, sit and have a, have a Coke while you're doing all the heavy lifting because you have a mitzvah of Te'ina, you don't have to do it. You could say, sorry, buddy, I'm, I'm not doing this on my own. I'll help you reload your donkey, but it has to be together with you, Imai, otherwise I'm not doing it. So the mitzvah of te'ina by definition, and the word te'ina, which is used and identified with this mitzvah, with a special mitzvah of hakim hakim imai, is to load up something with cooperation, together with somebody. I'm not just doing a schlep by myself, I'm not doing a burden on my own, but rather I'm doing it together with you. I'm lifting a heavy load together with you, which makes it much, much easier. That's the Lashon of Tanu. The mitzvah of Ti'ina is to load up a donkey or to load up an animal, but to do it together with unity. The word Hamasa is a burden. Now, I'm loading the donkey the same way that I'm loading a donkey by the mitzvah of Tina, but it's altogether different because there I'm doing it on my own. And when I do something on my own, that's called being laden with a real malacha. Doing something on my own. It's interesting, you know, just as an aside, the Nitziv used to sign his letters. Whenever he would sign his letters, you know, if you study letters of G'daylam, you see very interesting patterns in the way they sign their letters. And you could write a whole book just on the signatures of G'daylam. Not a bad idea, actually. But anyway, uh, let's bookmark that for a second. You could write a whole book on... So the way that it said very, very often used to sign his letters, and I ha- actually have a letter at home, uh, a Ksavyad from the Nitziv, and it's, this is the way he signs it. Ha'amos... He always signed his letters that way. It's very rare that you'd find a letter that he wouldn't sign that way. Ha'amas means he who is laden or burdened with a great work, with a great, a great labor. He was always busy, the Nitzv. He always had like all of the, the weight of the world on his shoulders. Ha'amas ba'avayda rabba. And then he'd sign it, Naftali Tzi Yehuda. Berlin. Why did he sign his letters this way, a Lashon Ha'amasa? Why did he sign a lush, uh, the letters with Ha'amus Avedah Rabbah, not Te'ina? You didn't say, I am Ta'un. So the Briskarov said, to explain what that meant, that the Nitziv was Ammus Avedah Rabbah. He used a, a story that took place with, an, with the Briskarov's father, of Chaim Brisker, who was actually a grandson through marriage of the Nitziv. The Nitziv's daughter married Rabbi Shapiro, 
And Rabbi Fal Shapira's daughter married Rabbi Chaim. So it's like a daughter after a daughter was married to Rabbi Chaim. So Rabbi Chaim, through marriage, became a grandson of the Nitziv, and that's why he ultimately um, became a Magid Shir in, 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 in Bris, in, in, in Balazhan, in the Nitziv's Yeshiva. But he was a very, very... Uh, he, this story goes like this. The story goes like this. One time, Reb Chaim was by the Nitziv on Sukkot, and they were discussing a halacha about a, the kashas of a certain type of esrog. certain esrog that had questionable yichas, whether it was kasher, was morkov, not morkov. And they were discussing this particular type of esrog. And they got into a, a very heated discussion in halacha on sukkah night. Like in the sukkah, they were talking about it and, uh, and, uh, and they discussed it and Reb Chaim had his opinion on the matter and it said his opinion. And they basically, they benched and then they, Reb Chaim went uh, back to his house and Nitziv stayed by him. In the middle of the night, and Nitziv was a very old man already at the time, in the middle of the night they woke Reb Chaim and says, come you have to, the Nitziv just sent a, you know, a message to you that you have to come right away to his sukkah. And Reb Chaim got very nervous. Reb Chaim thought that he was, you know, on his last leg, something was happening, he was on his deathbed maybe, why else would he be summoned at like 3.30 in the morning on Sukkot's night? So he runs over together with his sons, you know, whenever you see, you know, the briskers always walk together in entourages. When you see pictures of the brisker of, you'll never see a picture of the brisker of just walking on his own. He's always with, uh, you know, with, with one of his, or many of his illustrious sons. And, um, and that's how Reb Chaim was also. Reb Chaim had, you know, the briskerab and, and others used to come with him wherever he went. So they all went, they ran over to the Nitziv sukkah, and they found the Nitziv sitting in the sukkah with stacks of svarim on the table, meaning the whole night he was being ma'ayin in the sukkah. That's, the Nitziv was tremendous, amelos patayr, the Nitziv's yigir was, was unsurpassed. And, he was busy the whole night, the whole Sukkot night with this halachic thing. He didn't go to sleep. He didn't do anything. He didn't shmooze. He, went, he was just sitting and being ma'ayin in the Sukkot the whole night. And then he came out with a, with a psak based on all of the research that he did that night. And he told Reb Chaim, I found out the emes. And he was about to explain to him everything. And Reb Chaim says, oh, with the Zayda, just excuse me. I just want to, you know, wash Negobas. I want to I make a birch satayra. I just, you know... And the Nitziv was like, he, he, he was like a gasp. He could not believe this, what Reb Chaim was telling him. He says, I never dreamt that I would have a grandson that at four o'clock in the morning has not yet made a Birchasat Taira. I can't fathom that. How, how can you, you, you were sleeping until now I woke you? I have a grandson that at four, this, we're talking about Reb Chaim Briska, we're not talking about me. We're talking about Reb Chaim Briska. But, to, to the Nitziv, that was like unconscionable that, uh, that his grand, somebody in his mishpacha would be at four o'clock in the morning, not have yet washed Negevasim, made a birchasatayra, and already been, been learning a few hours. So Riskarov says, and, and he kept on repeating that like again and again, like the Nitziv was like, got into this like, the zone of like, he was so upset that Rabchaim was, was not, was sleeping at that hour, 
and Rukhaim just basically had to back out with his entourage out of the sukkah because he didn't, there was like, he didn't know what to do at that point. Like, what am I supposed to defend myself? I, I, like, he just basically, you know, let the Nitziv continue in this, you know, wonderment about him, and he basically went back home. But the Briskarov says that's why the Nitziv used to write at the end of his letters, almost Babayda Rabba. He was so laden with Avaida. He was burdened with Avaida. He never wasn't work of uh, you know of an accountant or of a lawyer or of a doctor. He was burdened with Taira. He was almost Babayda Rabba. He was completely submerged and consumed and busy and belabored by all of the Amelos Patera that he put upon his own shoulder, that that's what it means to Amos Rabbo. Amasa is a burden. It's a self-imposed burden. And when you do something on your own, that's a Lashna Vayamais. When you do something together, Hakim, Takim, Imai, that's Tino. That's the Mitzvah of Tino. Similar words, they both mean to load or to lift or to schlep. But one is doing something on your own. That's hamasa. That's the that's the lashon that we had in Parshas Miketz. Vayamis ishas chamer. They reloaded their own baggage to zip it up to put it back on their on their donkey. That was lashon of hamasa. And when it comes to Tanu es in this in this parasha, when Paris says the Yisrael let them load up their donkeys, that was lashon of Achdus. Now, where do I get this from? I get it from a Rashi on the word Vayamis Ishes Chamayir. Rashi is incredible. Rashi says that Baalei Zeroyahayu Vayamis Ishal Chamayir. They were very strong, these brothers. The Shifte Ka were incredibly strong physically. They were incredibly powerful men. They didn't need to help one another out to be praying. They didn't need to, to say, hey, you know, Shimon, can you give me a hand and, and help me put the suitcase on top of the donkey? They were so strong. Now, the simple reason why Rashi says it is because it says, Ishes Chamari, everyone is a Lashon Yachid. They were each doing it individually. But I believe that Rashi also gets this from the fact that it's using a Lashon of Hamasa. Rashi himself says a Lashon of Te'ina in that Rashi. But the fact that the Torah doesn't say that they were tying, but the fact that they, it says that they were Vayamis, Vayamis the Lashon of to do something by yourself. When you do something by yourself, without the help of somebody else, that's a, a burden. That's a very, very heavy burden. But when you do something together with somebody, it might be physically taxing to do it, but it's a te'ina. It's, it's easier. It's easier when you do something together with somebody else. It reminds me of a, of a famous quote from Rav Feivel Mendelovitz, if it's Hadik Lebracha, Rav was the architect of Tyra in America. So we're all very indebted to Rav Feivel. He was the one that basically started Tyra Messira. He, he did it together with other G'dayli Yisrael. But he was the, the main force in starting Tyra Messira. And Tyra Messira, if you're wondering what that has to do with you and me, Tyra Messira basically planted seeds in America all across the Fruited Plain of every major 
city with a sizable Jewish population, that there should be a Jewish day school in every in every city. Not not Haredi, not this. It just there should be a, a, a Jewish school in every city teaching Torah. That was the dream of Shagafael Mendelovitz. Rav Aaron Kotler was very much involved with this endeavor, and other G'dayli Israel. For Shagafael, besides for being the Manal of Yeshiva Sarvadas, and a great Mechanech, and an amazing Gadol Batayra, there's an entire biography about him, he's a, a very, very unique personality, but he was the one, he was the one that started really to plant the seeds that we're enjoying today in America. He was the one that planted those seeds across America, in every major city in America. He says this vart. He says that, you know, sometimes you, uh, let's say you're in a shear and there's like, uh, there's not, happens a lot to me in the Vadim. But, um, you know, there, there's, there's, there's not enough chairs to go around, so you have to, you know, there's like standing room only, so people have to bring in new chairs, right? So, what happens is, let's say you're the guy that needs a chair in the, in the vat, so you go and you carry a chair, you go into the basement, you bring a chair into the vat. Zaktub Shagafaylam and Beloveds. If you bring one chair into the vat, if you carry one chair, you're a schlepper. You're schlepping a chair. It's not a bakavit that can think to schlep a chair. You look like, you know, you're, you're a workman. You're nothing wrong with menial labor, but that's what you are. You're just a schlepper that's bringing a chair. If you bring in two chairs, if I bring in one chair and I realize, hey, you know, just like I needed a chair, probably more guys are going to be coming in. They're going to need chairs. So let me bring two in. Then you're a balchesed. One chair, you're doing something on your own. You're a schlepper. Magically, by bringing in another chair, it's not a lot of extra lifting, but you have transformed yourself from being a schlepper to being a balchesed. Now you're a balchesed. Now people look at you differently. You're not looking like a, you're schlepping. You're like, whoa, he's a, a balchesed. He's caring about somebody else. And I believe that's the nuanced difference between the two Lashinists and the two Parshas. In Parshas Miketz, the brothers were doing things with Hamasa. They were doing things on their own. You do things on your own, that's Hamasa, that's a schlep, that's a burden, that's a heavy weight that you're lifting. In this week's parsha, Tanu Espi'irchem, something changed. Something changed between Parshas Miketz and Parshas Vayigash that suddenly the brothers were not schleppers anymore. They were not doing things with the Lashon of Hamasa. They were Tanu. They were doing things together. They were Bali Chesed. They went from being Bali Zraya, doing something Yechidos, to being Hakim Takim Iman. I want to help you out. Yeah, I could do it on my own, and you could do it on your own, but I want to help you. I want, I want to share in your Masa, in your heavy load. I don't want you to do it on your own. I'm here for you. What changed between these parashiyas, between Miketz, and Vayigash, or even from Vayeshev to Vayigash. What changed? Everything changed. The entire universe of Klal Yisrael, the Shiftei Ka, and Ladairis, everything changed between these two weeks. You thought that these two weeks were just monumental because there was a, a little event that took place in a, in a stadium in New Jersey. There was major changes 
life-altering changes in the parashas that we're learning that define Klal Yisrael Adairez to permit us to have such an asifa this week in MetLife Stadium. When we go back to Parshas Vayeshev, we don't find that there was a unified, cohesive group of brothers. They were brothers biologically, but they were not brothers in terms of achva, in terms of brotherhood. We find that there was so much fragmentation between the different kvutzes of the brothers. There was the Bnei Ha'imais and the Bnei Ashvaches. There was the people, the children that came from Rachel and Leah, and then there were the Shvaches, the, the, the Bnei Ashvaches, who came from Bilah and Zilpah. And we know that Yosef told his father that they weren't being nice to Bnei Ha'imais, were not being nice to Bnei Ashvaches. They were calling them Avadim, they were calling them disparaging term, terms. So there was fragmentation between the brothers. There was hatred to Yaisev. They weren't able to even say a nice word to Yaisev. They couldn't get out of their mouths, good morning to Yaisev. They despised him so much. Rashi says that was a Milo that the Torah is saying that, because they weren't echa b'pev, echa b'lev. At least they were honest. They didn't, like, fake it out. They didn't say, good morning, guys, and really not mean it. So they couldn't, they were very honest. They were genuine people. So, they didn't want to be dishonest by, you know, by, by putting on a show. But there was no love loss between the brothers. They were individuals. Rashi actually says this. Rashi says, Vayerdu in Parshas Miketz, Vayerdu Acha Yosef Asara Lishbar Bar Mitzrayim. The brothers went down ten of them to fetch grain from Egypt. Rashi says Asara Linin Ha'achva Hayu. We know the number. We know how many brothers. They want to tell me a number. Linin Ha'achva Nemar. As far as the brotherhood, the pasuk is saying. They were broken up into ten individualized units. There was, there was so much difference between them. There was no consensus of love or hate between them. Everything was fractionalized. Everything was compartmentalized. They went into Egypt in ten separate gates. They sold Yosef down to Mitzrayim. Yosef was broken apart. Binyamin was was broken away from Yosef. The brothers were 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 arguing with one another. They were accusing one another, pointing fingers. Whose fault is it that we're in this mess? Yosef cried at the point that they heard that he heard them blaming one another. How could we do this? We're ashamed. And we're we're ashamed. We're guilty for what we did to our brother. He was pleading with us. Don't kill me. Don't throw me into the bar. And we did it anyway. We're, we, 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 we're so guilt-ridden. Yosef heard those words and started crying. He wasn't able to stop the tears, the Pesach says. And then he asked for Binyamin to be brought to him. Yehuda tells his father, we have to bring Binyamin down. His father says, no, if he, if he goes down, you know, I don't get him back. I'm dead. I, I can't survive that. I already lost one son. I'm not going to lose another son. And Yehuda gets up and says, I will be the Arev. 
I am taking Achrayas for Binyamin. And Yaakov consented reluctantly. They went down to Mitzrayim, and now Yasef Chaps Binyamin. Vayigash Elav Yehuda, this week's Parsha, game changer. Yehuda goes and he stands toe-to-toe with Yasef, not knowing that it's his brother, and says, you, bathe, you, you must not take Binyamin. If you take Binyamin, my father is going to die. And Rashi says that he was threatening to attack Yasef. They were going to wage war. Yehuda was a superpower. So we see that there was a thawing of this, of this coldness in the relationship. Something was dra- radically changing. What went originally as ten separate individuals, now we find that they are coming to terms with what they did. They feel guilty. They feel upset. They long to see Yosef. They were searching for Yosef throughout Mitzrayim. Yehuda stands up for Binyamin, both to his father and, and to Yosef. And then Yosef was Megala himself in this week's parsha in the most dramatic sukkim, perhaps in the entire Chumash, when Yosef reveals himself to his brothers as being Yosef. And immediately he says, Al Teyatsu, don't be sad. This was all by design. Yeah, you sold me down to Egypt. Yeah, it was very, very difficult. But I could have out a plan and a, a master plan, and I see it all exactly. of what happened. And don't worry, don't be upset. Meaning, he was soothing them, he was calming them, he was acting like a brother. He invites them to come to Gaishan, and then he falls on the neck of Binyamin, cries, and Binyamin falls on his neck. And Rashi says, bringing the Chazal and Megillah that. They were crying over what? Over the Chorban Beis HaMikdash that would be in the Chelek of Binyamin and in the Chelek of Yasef, Mishkan Shilai. They were crying over the other one's Chorban. They could have cried over the Adruch HaKesh, there was a Chorban, they should have just sat in a room alone and, and cried over their own Chorban. But no, that's not what a brother does. A brother puts aside his own personal Hargashis because you need me. You have a korban, you have a crisis, I'm going to be here for you. I have a crisis, you're going to be here for me. The Achva was blooming. The Achva was now flourishing. What started out as ten separate brothers or twelve separate brothers now became one whole unit. Not only was Yosef nice to his biological full brother, Binyamin, but then after that he started crying and hugging and kissing the other brothers as well. The Pasuk says they started all schmoozing together. They talked casually to one another. They were reminiscing together. It became a beautiful family unit. That's what happened between Parshas Vayeshev to Parshas Vayigash, a complete 180 turnaround in the relationship. What happened was that brotherhood was created. And when you have brotherhood that was created, there's a major change in attitude. It's no longer a ha-masa, it's no longer a personal burden. 
it's no longer by Yamais Ishes Chamer that every single person was only worried about his own peckle, putting on his own baggage on his on the on top of the camel, on top of the donkey. Now it's Tanu Espiirchem. Now your brothers. Now you schlep each other's masa. You make things easier for one another by sharing the pain, by sharing the burdens, by sharing the masa of one another. Things become lighter for everybody. That's the difference between Tanu and Vayamis. Somebody went to a shir that I gave on this topic on Wednesday night, and uh, he just this morning showed me a nice, uh, a nice Gemara. It's a Gemara in Saita, and the Gemara in Saita says that by the Miraglim, by Yisuhu, a Gemara in Saita Lamedalad Amedalad, by Yisuhu b'Mayt b'Shnayim, that they basically carry the load. Two people, b'shnayim with b'shnei meitas. They had two poles, and they basically, and two men were carrying the two poles. And the Gemara gives a mathematical formula, and basically the Gemara says that gemiri de tuuna de madli inish lekaspe tilsa de tuune havi. That a weight. Rashi says that a person himself, he's able on his own shoulder without anyone helping him to carry a load that's, let's say, uh, I don't know, 100 pounds I can carry myself on my own shoulders, but if I carry it with you, I'm able to carry a 300-pound load. It's not just double. You think, okay, the math would say it's proportional. If I can carry something 100 pounds, then together we can carry something 200 pounds. No. If I can carry something alone... That's 100 pounds. Two people can carry a 300-pound load. How did that happen? You know what happens? Because when I'm doing it with you, it's a te'ina. It's, a, it, it's not a malacha. It's a, it's a beautiful experience. We're able to do something together. Togetherness, we're able to accomplish a thousand times more than we can alone. Alone, it's a burden that I have on myself. When I'm able to, to share it with you, something magical takes place. We go from being schleppers to being balei chesed. And when you do something with a chesed, it's, it's altogether a different experience. You have a siyat d'shmaya that you can't compare to when you're doing something on your own. I was thinking, you know, a similar idea. You learn in Mesech Shabbos this year in Yeshiva. Mesech Shabbos has a very interesting halacha that when you carry something in a Rishis HaRabim or from Rishis HaYachet to Rishis HaRabim so then what's the halacha? The halacha is that if I carry it on my own let's say I take this Gemara into Rishis HaRabim on Shabbos so I'm chayiv, uh, I, I was Machal Shabbos, that's the halacha it's one, one of the Lama it's Havara it's, uh, or it's uh, Hitzah what happens if it's Shnaim Shasu? Let's say both of us together take the Gemara and carry it down to Rishis HaRabim on Shabbos. Potter. Why is it Potter? We're both carrying, it's the same Malacha, we're both carrying it out into Rishis HaRabim. Why, why does that change anything? You know what I think the Pshat is? Because when you do something alone, that's a Malacha. 
You're a schlepper. You're doing a schlep. That's malacha. That's malacha Shabbos. To violate Shabbos, you have to do a malacha. Has to be vayamais. That's a, a burden. That's something. That's a crude mice of schlepping. That's that's malachas hamishkan. But when you do something together, something that I could do on my own, but yet I, I'm, I'm doing it together with you, it's no longer a malacha. It's not a malacha. That's not a shlep. That's a balchaser. We're doing something together. That's no. That's 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 a teina. That's talking talking. Imai, I'm doing something with you. It's not a malacha anymore. Doesn't constitute a malacha. Something different, something special now. It went from being a grubba maisa of, of schlepping to doing a to doing a maisa that's a beautiful cooperative experience. Interesting, just one more diak like that. By Yasef, we find when the Maisa Paitifar, Ashes Paitifar, what does the Pasuk say? By Yavai Habaisa, Lasis Malachtai, he came in that fateful day to do his Malacha. The Ain Ish Me Anshe Abayas Shambabayas. There was no one else with him. You know what I think Shad and that Pasuk is in light of what we're saying this morning? You know why it was a malacha? You know why whatever Yasef was engaged in was a malacha? Because if you're doing something alone, it's a malacha. You're doing something together with somebody else, that's not a malacha anymore. It's a beautiful experience, it's a partnership. It's cooperation, it's love, it's achva. But when you do something alone, it might be a, a, a very noble endeavor, but if you're doing it alone, it's not the same as doing it with somebody else. Just not. The Achim amalgamated into one whole, into one cohesive body. They became brothers. And as brothers, we're no longer people that are doing it on their own. No, 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 I'm helping you. Could I do it on my own? Yeah, but I, it's, it's so much better when we're able to do it together. And this is true with everything in life. This is true with everything in life. It's true with marriage. It's not good to be alone. I'm going to I'm going to make you a, a wife. I'm going to make you a helpmate. Because when you do something alone, it's not good. It's not good to be alone. When you have two people, it's so much more geschmack than doing things on your own. You have a chavrusa. Could I learn alone in yeshiva? Yes. I could learn alone. I could sit by my table and learn alone. But yet yeshivas were instituted with chavrusas. Because when you do something together, first of all, the learning is better. It's a mechayev. You know, you know your chavrusa is sitting in base marriage. It's going to make you come on time, hopefully. But in general, the qualitative entity of yeshiva with chavrusas, it's, it's, it's not just double. It's, your learning is infinitesimally 
greater than it is alone. It's not just twice as good. It's like the it's like three times as good. It's like twenty. It's like a hundred times as good. Because when you do something together, and I'm helping you out, it's and you're helping me out, and we're trying to get to the MS, there's nothing like it. That's what the Rabbi Shalom wants. To have a friend. Somebody, a Rav, called me recently. He needed to talk to me about something. And I'm like, this Rav is like, he's like in his, in his 70s, 80s, 90s, I don't know. He's a real hush of a Rav. He has, you know, but he had a daiga. And he called me, I'm like, you know, what does he want from me? Like, well, what am I going to do for him? He's like the wisest person I know. He's like, Bucky and Shas, Tyson. He says, I needed to talk to somebody. As a Rav, I, I can't, you know, Rabbanim can't necessarily talk to Balabatim too personal. He says, I needed somebody to talk to. And, and, when you have a daiga on your heart, and something was bothering him, and you have to share it with somebody. You have to just like schmooze it out with somebody. You keep it on your own. You keep it on your own heart alone. It's, ha- it's, it's, it's awful. You're, you're like, you're, you're, you're just completely corroding inside, eroding inside from your own crisis. You have a friend, you have a Rebbe, you have a wife, you have a parent, you have a brother that you could actually share something with. It alleviates the burden. It makes it lighter, the load. Achva. Achva means togetherness. Achabura, together. When you have things together with people, that's life. Revolbi used to say that the word chayim is a strange word. Chayim is plural. How do you say life in Hebrew? Not chay. Chay means he's alive. Am Yisrael chay. David Melch Yisrael chay v'chayim. That's a... That's a that that's that means he's alive. But the word for life itself is chayim, double, like shnayim, like pamayim, chayim, double. Revolve says, you know why? Because a life that's alone is not a life. It's not a life. The only way that you could say you have a life is if you're sharing your life with somebody else. You're sharing it. I could do everything alone. I could be a loner. Sometimes it's much easier to be alone because you don't have to worry about dealing with people and you don't have to, it's much cheaper to be alone. You know, you know if you don't get married, you know, life is cheaper, life is easier. You know, there are people that do it. They're just like, I'm not getting married. I'm not starting a family. I'm just going to like live life by myself. I'm going to eat. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to just live by myself. And I don't think it's a crazy thing because it makes sense. There, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to actually commit to a relationship, commit to other people, to be part of a community, a society. It's hard. It, it takes a lot of things. It takes a lot of effort. So it's not crazy. It's not insane. It makes sense for a person to have that svara, but what's wrong with it is that that's not a life. It's not a life. A life means that, Chayim, I'm with you. If I can't share the burdens of life with somebody else, it's not a life. Could I get through life technically? Yes, but you, you can say that you had a life. Because a life means that I'm part of a tzibur. I'm part of a cloud. 
There's achdus. We're working on togetherness, of being more of a cohesive body. It's difficult sometimes. There's a lot of tension in life with friends, with marriages, with yeshivas, with chavrusas, with, with everything. There's always politics. But when you work at achva, when you work hard to try to bring people close together, to be there for one another, to do chesed for one another, it's amazing. The Shvatim's names the 12 names of the Shvatim were found in two places on the clothing of the Kain Gadol, the Big Day Kain Gadol. It was on the Chayshen, on the breastplate, there were 12 stones, and every stone had a name of one of the Shvatim on it. And then additionally, there was called the Avne Shayam, the Avne Ephite, basically on the shoulders of the Kain Gadol. There were also two stones. Six of the Shvatim were on one stone and six of the Shvatim were on the other stone. And that's what the Kayin Gadol wore. When he did his Avaida, he wore Vinasa Shmais Vinay Yisrael. He carried that. He carried the names of the Shvatim on his heart and on his shoulders. And I believe that's very, very symbolic because the Shifte Yisrael, Klal Yisrael, is only Klal Yisrael in Parshish Vayigash. Tanu es This is when we became a nation. When we actually cared for one another, I'm going to help you schlep your burden, you're going to help me schlep my burden. I'm going to cry on your shoulders for your harbun, you're going to cry on my shoulders for my harbun. I'm going to appease you, I'm going to console you, I'm going to say, I'll take Atzvu. Don't be upset. I'm here for you. has a plan. We're all in this together. The Shvatim were on the heart of the Kayin Gadol as if to say, I care about you. I have sympathy for you. I have compassion. I have empathy. I have everything for you. A love in my heart for all of Klal Yisrael. That's step number one in Afro. But step number two is it's on the shoulders as well. The shoulder is the place that you schlep a burden. Whenever the Gemara wants to say to schlep a burden, like we, we see by the Miraglim, that they, they carried it on their shoulders, the burden. When the Levian carried the, uh, the, the, the Aaron, the Babim, it was on, on their shoulders. You carry things on your shoulders. When the Gemara wants to speak about Hare Alai by a neder, Hare Alai, a Lushan neder, Alai, it's on me. It's, it's like being carried on my shoulders, this neder. When you carry something, it's on your shoulders. That's the, the shoulder was created to carry something. You have to help me on your shoulders. I have to help you on my shoulders. We'll lift something together. Those are the, sh- the six shvatim on one shoulder, the six shvatim on the other. We help one another. We care about one another to the degree that we actually extend a helping hand to each other. I don't know how many of you were at the Sima Shas on Wednesday, not the one on Thursday. 
on Wednesday. That was also a great scene of Shas, but there were a little more people, a few more people at the one on Wednesday. And um, I warned you to go to get a ticket and get and, and be there. Not because of the speeches, which were great. Not because of the dancing, which was off the charts amazing. The music and the dancing after the Hadron. The reason that I feel that it was Kedai to go was just for our eyes to be able to see a hundred thousand Yidden together. hundred thousand Yidden together. The Achtos, the Shiftei Kav, Vayhi Bishurun Melachis, Asef Roshe Am, Yachad Shiftei Yisrael. Shifte Yisrael coming together as one, all stripes. All stripes. Hasidim, Misnagdim, Ashkenazim, Svardim, Yekis, I think I was the token Yekis there, Litvaks, everybody coming together, young, old, male, female, modern, not modern. Everybody was there. It was an amazing thing to see. I was like rubbing my eyes, not just because of the ice cubes on them, but I was rubbing my eyes to just like take in the sight, like the Mara Agado, just to be able to see with my own eyes this Akris Hayam Dika Kuk, this disappearance of Akris Hayam. was like I was waiting for Mashiach Mamish to like stroll right into the stadium. That's how incredibly amazing it was. And I've seen this before seven and a half years ago, but this was better. I don't know why. I think maybe because of the Messias Nefesh to, to brave the cold to be there. There's something really special about it. But to see the Achtas of Klal Yisrael coming together as one. I care about you. Not everybody there was making a Siyam, so why did they come? Because my brother is making a Siyam. My brother is making a Chasna. I don't show up. Of course you go to your brother's Chasna. If your brother's making a seum, you come to the seum. I don't mean your biological brother. Not everybody has a biological brother. Some people don't get along with their biological They don't have anything to do with their biological brother. But your brother is Klal Yisrael. Klal Yisrael is making a seum. They're making, they're people being Messiah Shas, Chayrish You go. And that's what the actus was. It was, they had the heart to feel for other people. They had the shoulders to schlep for other people. You know, I saw a story that a bus of Yeshua Bachem that were heading to the CMS Shas broke down on the, I guess on the New Jersey Turnpike maybe. And in a minute, they were all picked up and taken to the CMS Shas. People, random people, were driving, you know, even were going in that direction, the CMS Shas. They made room in their car for these for these Yeshua Bachim to take. Because we have Kla Yisrael on our shoulders. It's not Vayamais, it's Tanu Espiyurcha, and we became brothers, we became people that care about one another, that you are, I don't know you from Adam, I'm taking you into my car, would I take a Stama random guy, you know, into my car? No. And it goes the other way. I heard a story once that there was a guy that, uh, you know, was wearing a yarmulke, he had a flat tire, pulled over on the side of the road, 
And um, so Yitzi is another another guy with a yarmulke. He pulls over to the side of the road and he starts, you know, taking the jack out of the, the you know out of the back of the car, the tr- out of the trunk, and, and and changing the spare tire and the whole thing. And then he, uh, you know, after he finishes the whole job, he says to says to the guy that owns the car, Shamalechem, what's your name? And my name is Rodriguez. Rodriguez, interesting name. Uh, where where are you from? I'm from uh, I don't know, you, you know, the Bronx. Which part? Riverdale? I don't know. You, you don't know. So he said, uh, are, are, you, are you Jewish? He says, no, no, no. No, I'm not, I'm not Jewish. He says, well, what's the skull cap on your head for? He says, well, my mother told me I should always keep this skull cap in my glove compartment. And if you ever have an, anything that happens with your car, Put that skull cap, don't call AAA, don't do it. Put the skull cap on, and within three minutes you'll have a Jew come and help you. Tanuas Birchem. Tanuas Birchem. We care about it. No one else does that. Do Puerto Ricans, do, 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 do African Americans, do Spanish, do Indians, do, uh, do, do Pakistanis, when they see somebody. Um, I want to know how many people actually pull over to the side of the road when they, when they see somebody from their own nationality. I don't know. I, maybe there are some. Sure, there are some. There are good people all over the world, but I don't think that a, a large segment of the uh, of the population would do that. With a yid, every single time a yid sees another yid, and you could stop on the shoulder of the eye, you do it. When did that happen? It happened in this week's parsha. Tanuas biirchem. We became one. We schlep each other's masa. I have all the six shvatim on this shoulder, and then the other six shvatim on this shoulder. You need my help, I'm here for you. You need me to come to you in the middle of the night because there's a medical issue, I'm here for you. Your car breaks down, I'm here for you. You need a gemach for whatever reason, if it's clothing, if it's uh, Purim costumes, if it's uh, you know, baby strollers, if it's uh, toys, if it's, there's a gemach for everything. Somebody started a gemach of a gemach list for all the gemachs. They were thinking, what could I do for a gemach? Oh, I have a good idea. I'll make a gemach for a gemach. I'll be, it'll be the, the gemach of gemachs. We're racking our brains to try to figure out like what to do for other yidin. Tanu es That's what a yid is. That's what a yid is. That started in this week's parsha. It's not a coincidence that this week's parsha is the week of the Siyamashat. Because we see that the heart and the shoulder of a yid has united almost seamlessly with one another. Does that mean that there's never politics in place? So there absolutely are, and that's tragic. But a yid, the blood that courses through his veins, cares dearly about one another. The mysterious nefesh that one yid has for another yid is something that is indescribable. The dancing with random people at the Siyamashas. You know, you see people dancing on the, on the floor, and it, it was beautiful. No one cared, you know, oh, I don't dance with him, I don't dance with him. No one cared. A yid is a yid. I don't care, I don't care if you're from Shevet Zvulun, or Yisachar, or, or Binyamin, or Yasef, or, or God, or Asher. It doesn't matter whether you're B'nai Shvachas, or B'nai Amais. Whether you're from Rachel or from Leia, it doesn't matter. 
We're one people united as one. Achva. And that's what gives us a chayim. Our life is only defined by the fact that we are this to other people. And the more that we are ma'achid with one another, the more that we could have a stronger connection with each other, with our families, with our, with our siblings, with our parents, with our children, with our, with our neighbors, with the people that we daven with, with the people that we work with, the closer that we get, the greater the nachas ruach we give the Rabbi Nishon, because that's what a parent wants. A parent wants that their children should get along. That's all they want. If you look at the tzavah, the last will of Rav Shamshur Fal Hirsch, he writes to his children basically this message. His wife had already died earlier, but he wrote that. He says, all your mother and I want from you, our dear children, who we're very proud of. You make us really happy. You've always been perfect children. But what we want from you is that you should get along. Just get along. When children fight, it's horrible for a parent to see. And I could spark who must hate it as well. When we show HaKadosh Baruch that we're Tanu, we're caring for one another, we're carrying the, the, the load of each other on our own shoulders, we're taking it upon ourselves to be there for other people, whether it's financially being there for other people, whether it's emotionally being there for other people, whether it's physically being there for other people, the Rabbi Shalom gets Nachas Ruach. We are in a very exclusive club that we were zeichet to be born into. And that's the club of Klal Yisrael. There's no other club like this in the world. That we have people that really care for us. That we have organizations that do nothing all day but help other Yidin throughout any crisis that might come up. It's an amazing people that we have. Hatzal, I don't see any ambulances of any other ethnicity around. I don't. Free ambulance services... I just see Atzala. I don't see any free AAA services except for Chaderim. I don't see people learning with one another for free. Dafyami groups all over the world. How much would I charge if I was, let's say, a, a high-priced attorney and I'm giving a Dafyami share? My time is very valuable. I get paid $500 an hour for my work. So yet every single day I give a shear, I prepare for the shear a few hours beforehand, I give a shear, that's like uh, four hours, $2,000 a day, and I never charge anybody anything. Isn't that incredible? Seven and a half years go by, I didn't charge anybody a nickel for my services. Only Tyra does that, no one else would do that. Yeah, I'll teach you, you know, a professor in college would go and teach people for free, no. Get $200 an hour for that. With Klai Yisrael, it's not about money. It's just about Achor. All I do is I care about you. I want you to be successful. I want you to succeed. I want you to be healthy, to be strong. I want your car to be drivable. I want there to be Shalom Bayis, so there's Shalom Bayis organizations. I want people to have shidochim, singles. I start a, an organization to make shidochim in this horribly broken system that we live in, that, that so many singles are never languishing at home without, a, without finding a soulmate. 
people are, have infertility issues. There's an organization, multi-million dollar organization, to raise money so that Yenim can have, I have, I have a whole family, I have ten kids, live in Williamsburg, Baruch Hashem, Strymloch, and this and that. But I want some person, wherever they may live, a Yid needs to have children, I'm going to pay for the IVF treatment. How much is IVF treatment? I don't know, $10,000 a, a cycle? I don't know. How are you paying for that? Who does that? What are you, the United States government? That you could just like start pumping out money like it's going out of style to pay $10,000 for a yachid on a spec staker that maybe the wife will conceive on the basis of this IVF treatment? Yeah, we're going to start an organization that's going to create thousands of new babies built by now. We can stand there all day and talk about every single amazing organization and every single yachid that does so much for Kali Yisrael and how that transpires and, and the mysterious nefesh that it takes, but there's one word for it. Tanu. Tanu. Hakim Takim Imai. I'm here for you. I just want to help you. I'm not going to even grieve about my own sars. I got my own sars, but I'm going to help you, and that's going to override my own sars, and it's going to make my sars lighter also, because we're going to help each other through the process. This is the goal of Klal Yisrael. This is the goal of our yeshiva. To try to get achdus, to create achdus with one another. To create achdus with one another is the dream of the yeshiva. It's always been my personal dream. I've said this a million times. Like in summer camp, my son, you know, used to go to a certain sleepaway camp, and then, uh, you know, he'd show me the video of the camp, and they'd have like the the last day of camp, and as the, you know, the as, at the the banquet the night before the last day of camp, and they would have a song that they would all sing together, a beautiful, like, very heartfelt song, and uh, everyone knew the words, or they were reading from the words, and they were, you see, like teenage boys and adults and counselors and, and camp directors and they're crying. Why are they crying? Because they spent two months together, they had the time of their life, they played ball together and they learned together and they dabbled together, they went on trips together, they had color war together, they did everything together. They had achdus and they didn't want to go home after that. They were like, I don't want to go back on that bus. At the end of this month that we're at now, before intercession, how many of us feel that way? How many of us feel that, I don't want to go home. I love it here so much, I just want to stay. I wish there wouldn't be Ben Azman. Not because of the Bittal Tire, but just because I love it here. This is my Makkum. There is Aftas here. This is where my family is. Is this my family or not? Do we have Achva here, yes or no? Answer that question. If you can answer resoundingly yes, then we have succeeded. If you answer no, we have failed. Whose job is it to create this Achtas? Are you waiting for the Mashkiach to create Achtas? Are you waiting for the Rashiva to create Achtas? Are you waiting for your Rabbi, for your Shailameshe, for your... Who are you waiting for? It's not going to happen from on top. These are grassroots things. These are things that the Bachrim create in Yeshiva. It's always been that way. The Bachrim are the ones that create the Ruach of the Yeshiva. It's on your shoulders to do this. You have to create the Achdus. You have to create something that will unite. Scratch your head a little bit and think, what can I do to make Yeshiva more cohesive? What could I do to create bonds between different 
yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael, and different majors, and different shiurim, how can we create a better whole, a whole one? How can we create a tanu instead of ayamas? That it's just me, and I'm trying to get my degree, and I need to do whatever I need to do. When does it come, when does that, that switch in our brain click, that it's not about me, it's about you? How does that happen? That's something that I'm giving you as homework over Ben Azmanim to think about. And you come back and you don't have to tell me, tell each other. Do something, or make up a, a, a yeshiva song. We'll make mortician. We'll do, uh, we'll do rakidas on the roof, on, uh, you know, on, uh, 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 I don't, something. Figure it out. We could do all the above. We could do a million things that I'm not thinking of. But the main thing is to feel like a family. And if you think this is impossible, it's not because I had that. I went to yeshiva and I mamish felt like I knew every single guy in yeshiva. The yeshiva of a few hundred guys, I knew every one of them. I knew, not only did I know them, I knew their parents, I knew what their mother's maiden name was, I knew how many siblings they had, I knew how many of us could say that, how many of us know each other's last names or first names. I don't know what to do about this problem, it's a problem, but it's a rectifiable problem. As long as we talk about it, we could do this. We can create a, a beautiful whole that this yeshiva really should be. And we have certain elements. I don't want to completely say that we failed. I think we're very successful in many different aspects. We create a lot of great programming and we do a lot of things together. And we do do the ski trips and we do have the titian and we do have, you know, schmoozing and we do have, uh, mesibas and we have, and, and the student government works like crazy to try to make all these things happen. But you can't leave it to the student government either. There are just a few individuals who are very, very overburdened with a ton of things. You have to do it yourself. You have to think about what I could do to help other people. Organizationally, individually, making chavrusas with weaker guys, figuring out how to do things, how to go on trips together, how to get carpools, something. But something needs to be done so that it's not vayames, we're not individuals. In the yeshiva, we're, and in, in Klai Yisrael as a whole, we're tanu, we're tanu people. We're people that lift each other up together, and we are so much more successful, united. We thrive when we're united, and when we're individuals, we're individuals. So what? You have no chayim. Being individual is death. You look like you're alive, but you're dead. The time that we really feel alive is when we're able to make a conscious decision that I am going to be here to help you. That's when Chaim begins. That's when life begins. Mitzvah Hashem, we should be zeicha to give up on the Vayamais and begin a life of Tanu. Mitzvah Hashem will build Yeshiva stronger, will build Klai Yisrael stronger one shoulder at a time. Have a good chance.